You're listening to the Almira Radio Hour, a podcast that opens the door to culture, news, and stories behind the stories. We're your hosts, Sheila Lal and Mina Bhattacharya. Sheila, hi. Nina, hi. We're recording. Finally. It's been a semester. Totally. You know, I would say that it's it's like our season premiere of Elmira Radio Hour, but I, we haven't been doing seasons before, so I actually don't know what number season this would be. Let's just go ahead and like, commit. This is season two. <laughs> Let's just commit to a number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Welcome to yeah. season two of Elmira Radio Hour. <laughs> How you been? I've been good. I'm almost done with school. It's just, you know, an entire journey that anybody who's been listening for as long as we've been recording knows. It's you are graduating. Now I'm graduating. Uh, they've gone through the ups and downs of graduate school and employment. Truly. So in adulting. Truly. Our listeners and, are living with us. <laughs> I don't know. Like also going on the creative journey with us as well as we explore new forms of storytelling and highlighting the women in our lives who are just incredibly, incredibly amazing. You have been up to some storytelling this school year. I have. Um, so last year, beginning of this last school year, I was able to participate in Story Lab, which is the University of Michigan Ross School of Business form of like a TEDx or, mm-hmm. or the Moth Radio Hour. And I got to talk about um, how like business school just makes you feel flat yeah. and not like your full self. And I don't know if that's every graduate school or just the program I'm in mm-hmm. um, and how diversity just for the sake of diversity doesn't mean squat unless you're practicing it. And how are, are we going to be remotely decent managers if we can't do diversity now? And then uh, I feel like I've done some other stuff. Don't really remember. But Yeah, that it follows up on your uh, Yoniki Roth debut last year. And then, like, I feel you're even admits all of this business school stuff. We were just talking before recording that you're choreographing the dance for the MB Gay night. Um, and let me tell you guys, Sheila has like a Google Doc with specific notes outlining the choreography for the drag queens and kings performing this Bollywood medley. It is pretty epic. It is just, you know, managed well. If we're gonna if we're gonna do something, we're gonna do it right. <laughs> Don't like, are you okay? Are you like ready to share like what you're doing after graduation? Yeah, or I've signed. We... I've signed. Yes. Yeah. What are you doing after graduation, Sheila? Uh, I'm going into management consulting, which is a thing. Uh, but I'll be working for Tata Consulting Services, which is, as most people are familiar with, an Indian firm, but they're multinational, so they have offices everywhere. It's like the equivalent of a McKinsey Bain BCG, just from India. Um, and so I will be going into different businesses and helping them solve problems. And if that sounds nebulous, that's because that's the best I can do in describing what my next job will be. 
But you'll be in the Detroit, greater Detroit area. I will. I'll be staying in Detroit. So That's really exciting. Yeah. I'm really and excited. I mean, some people who are listening, I'm talking to like this imaginary breaking the fourth wall. Talking <laughs> to audience. But I'm saying, I think the best thing about your move is that you're going to be starting an Asian American focused organization. And that's why you might have seen on Instagram or like on other social media, this really dope shirt that Sheila made with and multiple languages or what will people say Mm -hmm. Um, this for folks who are not familiar with the concept, this concept that like this worry about what the community might like being shamed feel or think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I made that shirt because it was like a from some from a, multiple different conversations that I've had in school. Um, and I thought, you know what, like I can make this and use the bonfire website, which is what 18 million rising used for their Asians for black life shirt and take the proceeds of that and start moving it towards, even if it's a small amount of profit and move it towards, um, this new organization that is in the works, uh, in Michigan. Okay. What, what is your dream for this organization that's in the works? So I'm just like a 10th wheel on this. Um, I'm providing feedback and like structure mm-hmm. and I'm helping to contribute. But it is, um, it's a, a lot of Asian American women who I know through other avenues, like political work in Michigan, coming together to build out a statewide organization mm-hmm. that helps all sort like Asian Americans, however they identify, whether you have been adopted into a non-Asian family or if you have adopted non-Asian children, or mm-hmm. um, you can be like multiracial, Afro-Asian, whatever, um, just mm-hmm. part, you feel like you identify in some capacity, and being able to advocate for issues in Lansing that impact your community. Um, Asian Americans mm-hmm. are an, like a really large, uh, quote-unquote, minority organization or community in, uh, in Michigan, and have very little representation, even though there are a handful of Asian Americans in elected office, it's still kind of incredible right. how uh, how little of a voice they have in the political process. So uh, kind of taking learnings that I've had from Progress Missouri and uh, Y'all Progress, which was the boot camp that friends yeah. and I did a couple summers ago, and taking best practices from other organizations in Michigan and combining it into an advocacy organization. So we're still in the creation phase and in the legal creation phase. So we don't have a name yet. There's nowhere to go check it out. But um, I'm really excited to be a part of building something new. That's something I feel like the way you get to know a place is through organizing. Yeah. Is what I've noticed. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the things that you'll be doing after graduation and how you've leveraged creativity for funding this this dream through the through the shirts and like the color combination is so good like the lavender like writing on the maroon Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with my sweatshirt oh I'm really happy I'm really happy you got it um yeah so I've really discovered my creative side weirdly through business school and like having no expectations of what I'm capable of has let me feel Mm -hmm. like I can do a lot of things (laughs) again like being in business school you just have like no sense of limit and that can be play out in very different ways people can get can feel like they can do anything and that can lead to bad results and I can just make a shirt and feel really good about that yeah but I have absolutely loved your um, journey into collage digital collage I've actually been wanting to ask what 
tools do you use and how do you source your material to make a digital collage? Mm. Oh, thanks for asking that. Sheila was like one of the first people who bought a print when I did print pre-orders and it was just very delightful to get the picture a week ago or so of Sheila and her print. Yeah, it's up on my wall, so I can look at it and think of you every day. (laughs) So the way this started was like my 2018 goal of like trying to teach myself a new skill um, so I could feel creatively fulfilled outside of just my nine to five job. I use a program called GIMP. And so GIMP Mm. is free and it's basically like Adobe Illustrator, but free. So yeah. I thought like, hey, this is a great thing for me to start getting familiar with. So that is like the actual tool. And then sometimes if I want to add text, I might use Canva. But even when I make GIFs, I use a of I've started using GIMP and like, you know, spending mm. time on like message boards, not participating, but like reading up, watching these YouTube tutorials on like yeah. how do you remove a background from an image um, oh, damn. So, so that's okay. where I started um, and I, that's where I'm st- what I'm still using question mark yeah. I, I still feel like I'm experimenting and figuring out like what is do I have an aesthetic what what is my mm-hmm. aesthetic do I know what I'm doing even does my work need to have a political message or not mm-hmm. um, what does it mean if it doesn't have an overt political message I don't know. These are questions we've been thinking about recently, like online together yeah, in yeah, South yeah. Asian spaces. Yeah. And uh, how I source my material. Typically, initially, I've been really inspired by old Bollywood because it's the music I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of fondness for the yesteryear divas and just like the general aesthetic of how the makeup was done and the colors and the vividness. Yeah. Like, just from a sheer pr- like visual standpoint, very inspiring. And yeah. flowers, flowers I find very beautiful and inspiring. So I try to incorporate flowers and like details like doilies, like lace, mm-hmm. things um, that are tech, have texture yeah. um, that you, I can imagine being in a Desi household or like in a kid's craft box. Those are my inspirations for source material. Very cool. So do you just take like images from the internet and mm. pull them together? Yeah. Usually okay. I I do my best. I do my best to find Creative Commons licensed mm-hmm. um, artwork so that I feel good about feel good about it. But collage is about remixing anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel less bad about using, like, obviously some of the actors and actresses' images are not Creative Commons license, but shh, don't tell anyone. So how long does it take you to make a collage that you're happy with sharing with the rest of the world? Um, I think probably two hours. What? That's it? Um, So, oh man. It depends. That just seems very inspired and very, like... Again, like you get it done. That's awesome. It, it depends because it's like usually I'm making the artwork as a break from the other things I have to do, like mm. podcasts, newsletters. I'm like, here's a little time for myself where I can like tune everyone else out for a little bit. 
And usually it takes me a few days. Usually I'm kind of like mulling in my head a couple of inspirations or it might take a day. I guess it's more than two hours if I'm counting the time where I'm like looking up images of actor, Mm. like actresses or I made a pakora pattern the other day. Like what is the best pakora to use again and again for this for this image you know like thing sourcing the images takes time um but the actual making doesn't take too too much time because i feel like i've over time have a better sense of how how to layer and move things Mm -hmm. around in a way that looks nice to to me um Mm -hmm. i was just looking at one of the first collages i made and i was like i was (laughs) It wasn't that bad, but it was like way like the way I balanced images is different mm-hmm. than how I balance images now or layer images now. And it's kind of yeah. fun to see that trajectory over time. That's really neat. And it's been really um, cool to see you have like your own like an Instagram that reflects that part of you and like a, a brand that represents that part of you as a way to kind of um, not not divorce them, but keep it separate so you have something to look forward to. Yeah, and um, it's nice having a place that I feel like Instagram keeps me accountable. Having a separate Instagram keeps me accountable to myself to just post whatever I make, even Mm -hmm. if it's like quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad. All of those things are really subjective anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. But I think it allows me to be more open to feedback you know like if you're putting generating more stuff period whether it's writing or art or whatever like you can let it go faster whereas if I I feel like if I held on to it for a really really long time I'd be more attached to it if that Mm -hmm. makes sense and maybe even more nitpicky or um judging Mm actually yeah Sheila hi Nina hi we're recording finally it's been a semester totally you know I would say that it's it's like our season premiere of Elmira Radio Hour, but I, we haven't been doing seasons before, so I actually don't know what number season this would be. Let's just go ahead and like, commit. This is season two. <laughs> Let's just commit to a number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. Welcome to yeah. season two of Elmira Radio Hour. <laughs> How you been? I've been good. I'm almost done with school. Just, you know... An entire journey that anybody who's been listening for as long as we've been recording knows it's you are graduating. Now I'm graduating. Uh, they've gone through the ups and downs of graduate school and employment. Truly. It's a whole, it's an adulting. Truly. Our listeners and, are living with us. <laughs> I don't know. Like also going on the creative journey with us as well as we explore new forms of storytelling and highlighting the women in our lives who are just incredibly, incredibly amazing. You have been up to some storytelling this school year I have um so last year beginning of this last school year I was able to participate in story lab which is the University of Michigan Ross School of Business form of like a TEDx or -hmm. or the moth radio hour and I got to talk about um how like business school just makes you feel flat yeah and not like your full self and I don't know if that's every graduate school or just the program I'm in Mm -hmm. um and how diversity just for the sake of diversity doesn't mean squat unless you're practicing it and how are we going to be remotely decent managers if we can't do diversity now and then uh 
feel like I've done some other stuff. Don't really remember. But yeah, that it follows up on your uh, Yoniki Roth debut last year, and then like I feel you're even admits all of this business school stuff. We were just talking before recording that you're choreographing the dance for the MB Gay night, um, and. Let me tell you guys, Sheila has like a Google Doc with specific notes outlining the choreography for the drag queens and kings performing this Bollywood medley. It is pretty epic. It is just, you know, managed well. If we're going to if we're going to do something, we're going to do it right. <laughs> do they- <laughs> are you OK? Are you like ready to share like what you're doing after graduation? Yeah, I signed. We- I've signed. Yes. Yeah. What are you doing after graduation, Sheila? Uh, I'm going into management consulting, which is a thing. Uh, but I'll be working for Tata Consulting Services, which is, as most people are familiar with, an Indian firm, but they're multinational. So they have offices everywhere. It's like the equivalent of a McKinsey Bain BCG just from India. Um, and so I will be going into different businesses and helping them solve problems. And if that sounds nebulous, that's because that's the best I can do in describing what my next job will be. But you'll be in the Detroit, greater Detroit area. I will. I'll be staying in Detroit. So I'm That's really exciting. Yeah. I'm really and, excited. And I mean, some people who are listening, I'm talking to like this imaginary breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> to but I'm saying, I think the best thing about your move is that you're going to be starting an Asian american focused organization yeah and that's why you might have seen on instagram or like on other social media this really dope shirt that sheila made with in multiple languages or what will people say Mm -hmm. um this for folks who are not familiar with the concept this concept that like this worry about what the community might like being shamed feel or think Yeah. yeah Um, so I made that shirt because it was like a from stem from a, multiple different conversations that I've had in school. Um, and I thought, you know what, like I can make this and use the bonfire website, which is what 18 million rising used for their Asians for black life shirt and take the proceeds of that and start moving it towards, even if it's a small amount of profit and move it towards, um, this new organization that is in the works, uh, in Michigan. Okay. What? What is your dream for this organization that's in the works? So I'm just like a 10th wheel on this. Um, I'm providing feedback and like structure mm-hmm. and I'm helping to contribute. But it is, um, it's a, a lot of Asian American women who I know through other avenues, like political work in Michigan, coming together to build out a statewide organization mm-hmm. that helps all sort like Asian Americans, however they identify, whether you have been adopted into a non-Asian family or if you have adopted non-Asian children, or mm-hmm. um, you can be like multiracial, Afro-Asian, whatever, um, just mm-hmm. part, you feel like you identify in some capacity, and being able to advocate for issues in Lansing that impact your community. Um, Asian Americans mm-hmm. are an, like a really large, uh, quote-unquote, minority organization or community in, uh, in Michigan, and have very little representation, even though there are a handful of Asian Americans in elected office, it's still kind of incredible right. how uh, how little of a voice they have in the political process. So uh, kind of taking learnings that I've had from Progress Missouri and uh, Y'all Progress, which was the boot camp that friends yeah. and I did a couple summers ago, and taking best practices from other organizations in Michigan and combining it into an advocacy organization. 
So we're still in the creation phase and then the legal creation phase. So we don't have a name yet. There's nowhere to go check it out. But um, I'm really excited to be a part of building something new. That's something I feel like the way you get to know a place is through organizing. Yeah. Is what I've noticed. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the things that you'll be doing after graduation and how you've leveraged creativity for funding this this dream through the through the shirts and like the color combination is so good like the lavender like writing on the maroon Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with my sweatshirt oh I'm really happy I'm really happy you got it um yeah so I've really discovered my creative side weirdly through business school and like having no expectations of what I'm capable of has let me feel Mm -hmm. like I can do a lot of things (laughs) again like being in business school you just have like no sense of limit and that can be play out in very different ways people can get can feel like they can do anything and that can lead to bad results and I can just make a shirt and feel really good about that yeah but I have absolutely loved your um, journey into collage digital collage I've actually been wanting to ask what tools do you use and how do you source your material to make a digital collage Mm. Oh, thanks for asking that. Sheila was like one of yeah. the first people who bought a print when I did print pre-orders. And it was just very delightful to get the picture a week ago or so of yeah. Sheila and her print. Yeah, well, it's up on my wall. So I can look at it and think of you every day. <laughs> so the way this started was like my 2018 goal of like trying to teach myself a new skill um, so I could feel creatively fulfilled outside of just my nine to five job I use a program called GIMP and so GIMP Mm. is free and it's basically like Adobe Illustrator but free so I thought like hey this is a great thing for me to start getting familiar with so that is like the actual tool and then sometimes if I want to add text I might use Canva but even when I make GIFs I use I have I've started using GIMP and like, you know, spending mm. time on like message boards, not participating, but like reading up, watching these YouTube tutorials on like yeah. how do you remove a background from an image? Um, oh, damn. So, so that's okay. where I started. Um, and I, that's where I'm st- what I'm still using, question mark. Yeah. I, I I still feel like I'm experimenting and figuring out like what is do I have an aesthetic what what is my mm-hmm. aesthetic do I know what I'm doing even does my work need to have a political message or not mm-hmm. um what does it mean if it doesn't have an overt political message I don't know these are questions we've been thinking about recently like online together yeah, in yeah, South yeah. Asian spaces yeah and uh, how I source my material typically initially I've been really inspired by old Bollywood because it's the music I grew up with Mm -hmm. so I have a lot of fondness for the yesteryear divas and just like the general aesthetic of how the makeup was done and the colors and the vividness yeah just from a sheer like visual standpoint very inspiring and flowers flowers I find very beautiful and inspiring so I try to incorporate flowers and like details like doilies like lace mm-hmm. things um that are tech have texture yeah. um that you, I 
can imagine being in a Desi household or like in a kid's craft box. Those are my inspirations for source material. Very cool. So do you just take like images from the internet and mm. pull them together? Yeah. Usually okay. I, I do my best. I do my best to find Creative Commons licensed mm-hmm. um, artwork so that I feel good about feel good about it but collage is about remixing anyway um so I feel less bad about using like obviously some of the actors and actresses images are not creative commons license but don't tell anyone so how long does it take you to make a collage that you're happy with sharing with the rest of the world um I think probably two hours what that's it um, it's so oh man it depends that's, it, that just seems very inspired and very like again like you get it done that's awesome it, it depends because it's like usually I'm making the artwork as a break from the other things I have to do like mm. podcasts newsletters I'm like here's a little time for myself where I can like tune everyone else out for a little bit and yeah. usually it takes me a f- few days usually I'm kind of like mulling in my head a couple of inspirations or it might take a day I guess it's more than two hours if I'm counting the time where I'm like looking up images of actor Mm. like actresses or I made a pokora pattern the other day like what is the best pokora to use again and again for this (laughs) for this image you know like thing sourcing the images takes time um but the actual making doesn't take too too much time because I feel like I've over time have a better sense of how how to layer and move things Mm -hmm. around in a way that looks nice to to me Um, Mm -hmm. I was just looking at one of the first collages I made and I was like (laughs) it wasn't that bad but it was like like, the way I balanced images is different Mm -hmm. than how I balance images now or layer images now and it's kind of fun to see that trajectory over time that's really neat and it's been really um cool to see you have like your own like an instagram that reflects that part of you and like a a brand that represents that part of you as a way to kind of um not not divorce them but keep it separate so you have something to look forward to yeah and um it's nice having a place that it I feel like Instagram keeps me accountable. Having a separate Instagram keeps me accountable to myself to just post whatever I make, even mm-hmm. if it's like quote unquote good or quote unquote bad. All of those things are really subjective anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but it I think it allows me to be more open to feedback. You know, like if you're putting generating more stuff, period, whether yeah. it's writing or art or whatever, like you can let it go faster. Whereas if yeah. I'm. I feel like if I held on to it for a really, really long time, I'd be more attached to it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And maybe even more nitpicky or um, judging it harshly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Bogota ek lardki ko deka to esa laga, which is a fucking mouthful to say. <laughs> so spoiler alerts ahead. If you've never went on the internet before, yeah. Can you give a short summary, Sheila? Sonam Kapoor's character is a very closeted lesbian to her family, and the movie is about her coming out in the guise of a musical inside the movie. It's being lauded as one of the first mainstream queer movies in Bollywood. It is notable because the queer characters in the film do not die. Um, My Brother Nickel was more like an indie film Mm -hmm. um, maybe 10 years ago now. Juhi Chala was also in it, but it was an HIV AIDS movie, so someone did Mm -hmm. die. Um, It didn't... There is comedy, but it's not at truly at the expense of the queer characters mm-hmm. in the way, you know, Dostana made overtly like homo- like homophobic jokes. So a lot, a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz. So I saw Kapoor and Sons the day before. I saw Iklard mm-hmm. Key, and Fawad Khan's character is gay in the movie, mm-hmm. and it was, um, it wasn't like it was a C level plot point, but I actually really appreciated that that it wasn't um, seen as this big twist in the movie. There were other twists that all came together. And my thing with Eklerki is the writing could have been better, a lot better. Um, it felt very like all over the place, uh, timing-wise. And Sonam Kapoor cannot act. But all that aside, I think the movie is like crucial for providing representation into the ethos and like demystifying and destigmatizing what is just a very natural part of the human condition totally totally i mean i agree sodom kapoor cannot act and but in in terms of the writing it does feel patchy but you can Mm -hmm. tell which scenes were written by queer writers yep you know and that is a beautiful thing to know that there were queer and i believe even trans folks Mm -hmm. um on the other side of production in the creation of this this film and I saw this with another queer Desi Femme, my friend Pyle. The two of us went together uh, to see it in Boston. And the theater was surprisingly very interactive in a oh. great way. Yeah, we were, everyone was cheering and crying and like, you know, groaning when they like see Ra- like Rajkumar Rao's character do things. Yeah. Like try to give the note to Anil Kapoor through the yeah. window. Yep. Like things like that, you know. It felt we both left the theater feeling very warm and tender mm. um and feeling very seen because we're we both identify as queer and there's just this moment where like you know Anil Kapoor is going through his daughter's journal and mm-hmm. like seeing all of this kind of internal life she had that he never really experienced because she had she couldn't really feel like she was herself Yep. And then there's also a visceral, like, there was a really visceral nature to, like, how Sonam Kapoor's brother in the movie was violent verbally towards mm-hmm. her. And, you know, it like, these scenes really read real to mm-hmm. people in the theater. It, so, like, yeah. I was really hardened by that. I was also hardened to see how, like, Rajkumar Rao's character was, like, a jerk in yeah. the beginning like he is a kind of like a typical fall in love at first sight stalkery yeah. dude like follow her to this let's follow sonam kapoor to the small town because i'm in love with her yep. type of person 
but like yeah. he shows what you you can like be you can be a male ally without you can just be there for somebody and not have to make it about you yeah but you could see how he made it about yeah. himself at first and he had to learn yep. his lesson the supporting characters did a really good job of bringing their characters to life mm-hmm. um anil kapoor was like surprisingly delightful mm-hmm. um juhi chalwa i like i didn't really get her role in it but i liked it what did you like about Anil Kapoor's role? He plays the father, if anyone is wondering. Usually his acting can feel very masala and over the top. And this was just a dialed back version of that, slightly dialed back. And that comparison, or like l- lessening it by a little bit felt like a lot. Right. And I was and as okay a fa- with it. In the movie, he's a father who really loves to cook, loves to cook so much. Yep. And it's something that his mother never really let him do. And so that's like a running plot point throughout the film is Anil Kapoor sneaking in the kitchen to cook or like stress cook. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was like a beautiful, I I really like loved that about his character, that there was like this a little bit of softness to him. And it like was a point of connection to then like understanding Sonam sexuality. All in all, would recommend seeing. It's good to put your money towards a film yeah. like this, at the very least. And at the most, like, it's just an enjoyable experience. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why it's important for us to talk about it. I mean, like, the two of us are not saying anything new. It's not like this is critical analysis, but I think that talking about it and reaffirming that these types of movies deserve to exist in the canon whatever type of canon that is. Um, and it's still the first of many movies to come that normalize what's already Truly. normal in the human condition. And like there I is something before. to be said about one of the most sought after actresses participating yep, in this film. Doing this. Um, even though mm-hmm. she's not queer herself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to future movies where there's the songs are. Mm-hmm. I think I read this on Twitter where the songs are duets between women rather than yeah the songs in the movie as delightful as they are mm. are they're still center men on hetero yeah heterosexuality there's like it, this is still a very much a queer acceptance film like look at the community look at her father accepting her sexuality rather than like centering the Not love a- story between sonam kapoor and guhu the character i like that they were both they didn't fit into this femme butch binary I'm just excited to see what happens next. And also there were no protests like there were around fire in 1995. And in this case, um, I think it's a mix of it's been 20 plus years and Section 377 was ruled unconstitutional and there's been a lot of social movement and acceptance that you would not have seen in the early mid-90s. And also, like, it's a big, like, I think it being a big Masala movie matters. I think by having a movie that was backed by producers and financiers signals out to other people that this is going to happen and it's not going to be just for the international circuit, like FIRE was, may have been seen mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, like, Hindu nationalism is so much more entrenched now than it was yeah. in 95, it's a really interesting juxtaposition and honestly a really interesting analysis or case study I would love to oh, read one definitely. day. Definitely. And honestly, yeah. is more queer South Asian representation on screen than we have here in the US. <laughs> of like what a up? queer POC and 
we're still struggling here. Yeah. Lest we think that the United States is on some high horse. (laughs) So I'm at this allies thing today and it hits me that there's such a disconnect between like you as an, like you as a general, you as an individual, and then being interested and understanding somebody else's Mm -hmm. existence. And then that like, I'm always like, okay, representation's fine, but like, I want to go to the next step. I'm like, no, there's so many people who need that representation in media that they consume to feel comfortable asking anything or like doing a modicum of research to then break it to the next level of their journey into diversity, equity, and inclusion. I needed to be reminded of that today. Yeah. Talking about this movie and like, if it was about a straight couple, it would easily be a throwaway. But, like, knowing that it is about a queer couple and about queerness, and you're like, no, fuck it. Like, I think it actually is a big marker and a big step in the right direction. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be X, Y, and Z. It could just, just be. be. Oh, that's a good note yeah. for us to end on. Thank you for joining us for the end of episode one of season two <laughs> of Elmira Radio Hour. Okay, bye, Sheila. <laughs> bye, Nina. If you like what you've heard, find the podcast on all social media at Elmira Radio. Leaving a review will allow more people to find us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can find Elmira Radio Hour online at Elmira Radio on all social. You can find Sheila at Queen of Blah. And you can find Nina on Instagram at Radio.Rani. We'll catch you next week. Bye.